Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because a day is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. I would like to, first of all, I would like to say Happy Palm Sunday. It is a day, and it is going to be a week. That is going to be full of reverence and remembrance of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It's also going to be a week to remember and ponder uh, on our life. And it's also going to be a very interesting week, uh, not only for a political atmosphere, but for each and every single one of our lives. It's going to be a testing unto our faith that we've never seen before. I also find it to be interesting that no matter what happens, God is still with us. No matter what happens in our life... No matter what happens on our walk, God is always there to comfort us because he's a sovereign God. And Palm Sunday to me represents the welcoming home. A welcoming home of your going into your hometown. A welcoming home to know that people you changed and it is up to you to find a new group of friends. It is up to you to be obedient unto God. It is also up to you to focus our eyes and focus upon Jesus Christ for your strength and for energy. That's why I think of Palm Sunday. And I can only imagine being there in the, in the uh, city of Jerusalem where Jesus rode in on a donkey. I can only imagine being there, crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Remember, I could also remember myself being there full of delight, full of uh, comfort, knowing that we have a king that's coming back. But Jesus is coming back the second time. He's coming back to, for his people. He's coming back to save us and to bring us home finally. That is the importance of Palm Sunday. And they also realize that Thursday is going to be around the corner, which is the Last Supper, the day of the Last Supper. It's known as Monday Thursday. It's a day that where Judas the Iscariot turns to evil, which is money. It is a day where Jesus said, Do this in remembrance of me. Take my bread or take this bread. Think of my body as a sacrifice. Do this in remembrance of me. That's why I think of Palm Sunday. I also think of Palm Sunday as a celebration, as what is to come when we cross that finish line. And with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer because we're going to be talking about finding joy. How can we truly find joy and happiness in correlation with Palm Sunday? How can I have joy when I know that Thursday and Friday will be the day that we put Jesus Christ on the cross. How could I find joy through that? And with this in mind, we're going to be taking a look in two different parts of the Bible, Psalms 16 and Romans 12. But before that, we are going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. We're so blessed to be covered by your blood, Lord. We are blessed that we can be here rejoicing in your name. Blessed that we can be here to glorify your name and just be happy 
that you've protected us. Lord, I also pray that you watch over our hearts. And we remember what you did today, which was come into a city. A city that welcomed you with laughter, a celebration, a jubilant celebration. That's what we are reminded today. But knowing that jubilant celebration mentality was going to be only lasted for four days before you had to pay the ultimate sacrifice. A day that you also, a day that Judas Iscariot, one of your disciples, betrayed you for a little money. And that sometimes, and now that, but when he, Paul, or Peter, denied you not once but three times because he didn't want to face the troubles. Lord, I just pray that we don't deny you. I pray that we are steadfast unto your commands. We are obedient unto you, Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So in verse 16, in, in, in Psalm 16, we're going to go to Psalms. We're going to go back in time a little bit. We are looking at finding joy. How how can Sasson or how can you find joy when people are harping at you? When there's trouble, when there's tribulation. Well, we're gonna get a better we're gonna get understanding through this when uh when David cries out. In verse one he states, Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord. You are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, as for the saint, or they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delights. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer nor take up their names on my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen in the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For for you will not leave my soul in shoal nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasure forevermore. That's Psalms 16. So pretty much what that means in our life is that preserve me, O God, for I put my trust in you. During the times of uncertainty, during the times of trouble, during the times of maybe we might have 
uh, if we were in Peter's shoes, denied him not once but three times, we put down and say, preserve me, O Lord, for I put my trust in you. I don't put my trust in man, for man will always fail me. I don't put my trust in uh, human um, doctors, for they will also fail me. I don't put my trust in medication, for they will never save me from getting healthy. See, that's a big thing that we also have to look at, is never putting our trust in worldly aspect. When we put trust in a world, kind of atmospheric or in worldly materials, that's always going to let us down. That's why we always have to focus on God. We have to truly put our full trust in God. <clears throat> and it's interesting because our inheritance is temporary on earth. Yes, there's a pers- there's a reason why we have an inheritance. Because it passes down to your family. It passes down. Now, your car, your collectible car, might uh, be passed down for generations down. But you're not with it. Our inheritance that God has set for us is better than a classic or antique car. It is an inheritance which is heaven. With this in mind, we are also brought to Romans chapter 12. That's another kind of a chapter we're going to be taking a deeper look into and kind of get an even better understanding. So in Romans in chapter 12, it states, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you have or that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, a holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that God, or what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 3, For I say to you, through the grace given to me, to everyone as whom you, you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many for one body in Christ and individually members of of one another, having then gifts uh, differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberty, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Arbor what is evil. Cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, 
continuing steadfastly in prayer. I want to reread. I want to reread that verse twelve again. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. What does it mean for us to be patient? For me, I, I, when I'm in kind of a turbulent situation or in trouble, I always want to get rid of it right away. I want to say, Lord, take this out of my hands. I need you to take it out because it's not helping anyone. Lord, I don't like the way, I don't like the way I'm going at it. Lord, I just I want to get rid of this problem I have in my life or this illness out of my life. This is not helping me. See, how is that helping you? You know, that by you going through those storms of, la- of v- valleys and those foggy moments of life, that's a testing moment. That's a moment stating that builds, builds patience, builds your reliance upon God even more. And somehow through all that, you still can find joy in the littlest things in life and finding prayer and something to be proud of. Verse 13, we're going to continue on. Disturbing to the needs or distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate them with humble. Do not be wise in your own things or in your own opinions. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard to good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. What does that mean? Vengeance is mine. So we shouldn't hold each other uh, to a higher standard. We shouldn't pursue somebody. We shouldn't pursue somebody in anger. We shouldn't pursue somebody in bitterness. We shouldn't be pursuing anyone in spite. Because that is not helping our walk with God. That is not helping our relationship with the whole, with the loving Father. That is only purposely stumbling block in our lives. If we can live with a life of vengeance, we're going to develop hate for that person. And we see, we see it in the news all the time. We just saw it a couple of weeks ago in the Nashville, Tennessee, where there was vengeance. I hate to say it, there was against one sect of the community. And it caused malice and it caused hate and it caused six people to die. And that's why God says, leave that up to the Lord. All we're going to be constructed is, all, all our job is to do is to show them love and compassion. And in verse 20, Jesus, or verse 20, it states, and I think it states, Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, Give him, <clears throat> give him a drink, for in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
Do not allow evil to control your mindset. Do not allow evil to manipulate your actions. Do not allow evil to persuade you on one way or the other. Do not allow that. For that is unhealthy in our walk with God. That is also a stumbling block as well. Now, there is a bigger picture because in this also brings me back to a particular verse, which is Philippians chapter 4, which we went through yesterday. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That is a particular verse that stands out. I'm sure there are other verses that we read, but that's one that kind of correlates with today. So the question for you that I have is, how can you be full of joy, happiness, contentment, and peace in the middle of the most anxious driven situation? How can you find peace, joy, or happiness while you're being persecuted? How can you find peace and joy knowing that the lawmakers are making very poor decisions affecting your generation or your life. How can you find peace and joy through all of that? I surely, for a long time, I should have struggled with that concept. I'm more of that person where I'd say, well, how can I find peace through it? And I've said that multiple times. How can I find peace knowing that people are after me? Like after my faith and like state that I'm a dangerous person. How can I find peace through that? Well, I am, a, I am found assurance by God showing me grace and mercy. That's how I find peace. And I also find peace knowing that they are lost as well. That is another way we can find peace and joy through that. Because in the previous verse, which is Philippians 4, 6, we read, Do not worry about all anything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Thank him through. Thank him for the trial. Thank God for the perseverance. Thank God that you have life. And thank God that you have troubles because those troubles give you strength and give you energy to persevere each and every day. And they're not allowing you to stumble. Because when we do what the Bible tells us, we experience a peace that makes no sense by any means. A peace that states, oh, man, this can't be happening, can it? Or this peace stating that, okay, this is too good to be true kind of a peace. Well, you can have that. It's because God is a peace provider. God is a peace provider. When we fully fully give ourselves to God, he then provides peace for our life. When you bring him your pains and problems, the circumstances may not change, but you do. You can walk away with a peace on the inside of your heart that you can't find anywhere else outside of God himself. So the question for you to end today, my question I'm going to end for you, is what is holding you back from experiencing God's peace? What is holding you back? What, what are you afraid of to give unto God? For me, I would state that I would have to like think that, okay, it'd be proper good decision making. It'd be for my next generation. It'd be like, can I, can I achieve the dreams I want to? Or can I like continue to um, be happy? 
But the problem is, is that people are making bad decisions. The problem that I have is people purposely walking away from God and making bad decisions and making a mockery of Him. That is the problem I have. But that tends to hold me down. So as a declaration from you and from I, and when we listen to this podcast or this episode per se, I want you to state when you answer that question, when you think about this, what is holding you back from experiencing God's peace? I want you to reverse it and declare this unto the Lord. God, I receive your peace that surpasses my thoughts and feelings. Amen and amen. And with this in mind, we're going to uh, end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in the reverence of you, Lord. Lord, we are so blessed to be called your children. And I pray that no matter the circumstances we face, that we still can find time to rejoice in you. No matter the trials or tribulations that we face, I still am so blessed that we can be able to be wrapped under your arms. That you can t- that you loved us and you cared for us. And that no matter what happens, the circumstances we face, Lord, I pray through the circumstances that anyone is going through, that they pray upon you, Lord. That they come to you in reverence. And they come to you in humility. And Lord, I just pray that I you, you pray humility upon my heart. Because that is one of the stumbling blocks I have, is fail to be humble. I pray that whatever prideful walls and barriers that's holding me up, I pray that you knock those down. Because in order to knock my pride, pridefulness out, then I can build a relationship in order to knock it down. So I pray that you may knock my pride down. I pray that you put a humble heart that no matter every certain uh, circumstances I go through, I pray through prayer. I go unto you for prayer right away because I can't do anything, Lord. So, Lord, I also pray that you give us the strength and the energy to continue the path that you have set before us so that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms. We can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you guys have an awesome day. And it is going to be a beautiful day that the Lord hath made. Because tomorrow is going to be Monday. It is going to be a very special day. So stay tuned on the Sauce Report on the social media. And it's absolutely a blessing because we have officially been verified on Facebook and Instagram, which is some big news. With that, we can go out into the world and we can share the gospel. And I hope that you guys truly have a wonderful night. Remember, God loves you, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.